Good morning. Um, I uh, got the announcements. Um, I, I really like that song, sorry. Um, today we are privileged to have one of our classmates here to share her story with us. Alexandria uh, Cabral. Alexandria is a junior elementary education major with a concentration in English from Randolph, Mass. She has been involved in Project Connect, a mentoring program, for about two years. She has she's been a resident, an RA during her sophomore year, and participated in Big Sister, Little Sister program at ENC for two years. Alexandria has been sharing her testimony for about two years now here at ENC and a few local churches. She shares her testimony as a means of spreading awareness about brachial plexus. Pronounce that right? Yes. Um, people with disabilities and how her faith has shaped her disability. Before I welcome her up, I just think it's really important to hear people's stories. Um, we hear people's stories, we hear God's story. So, introduce Alexandria. Good morning. Can everybody hear me? Okay. So good morning, ENC. Okay, good. Um, I just want to start by saying that uh, I am very blessed to be here today. Um, Corey invited me to speak in chapel and uh, to share my testimony. Um, as Mike has said, I've been sharing my testimony for two years, and I started on this campus my sophomore year. And um, before I share, I sat in the pews as you are today, and I had visions of me being up here um, speaking as I heard different speakers throughout the year. And at that time, I didn't know what it was. Was, was I going to have the opportunity to stand you know, before you? And, and here I am today. So I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony and how God has helped me for my disability and how I am standing here today speaking before you. I was born with a condition called brachial plexus. Um, it's commonly known as Herb's palsy and brachial plexus is a condition that affects the nervous system in the shoulder, arm, hand, wrist, and even your fingers. For most brachial plexus patients, they um, also can have um, what you call, they become paralyzed. Um, for me, I was very fortunate that I am not paralyzed, but I do have limited mobility of my right arm, and I depend a lot on my left arm for my strength. Um, some of the causes of brachial plexus can be uh, birth, um, motor accidents, boating accidents, even uh, car accidents. And um, for me, I was born this way. This, I, mine happened through my birth. Um, and so some of the obstacles that I went through were like every little day tasks. For many of you, you wake up in the morning and you put on your shoes and you put on your coat and uh, you, you, know, you do your daily routines. And sometimes we don't think about that person, our roommate, our friend or a neighbor or somebody who may have a disability. We don't think about 
the obstacles that they go through every day. Sometimes it doesn't cross our mind. For us, for many of you to get up and to get dressed is just an everyday activity. But for me, I have to think about, can I wear this necklace? Is it something that I can wear? Is it something that's going to be easy for me to put on in the morning? For me, it's an everyday task. Um, sometimes it's an obstacle. Sometimes I become very frustrated. But one thing I did is I never gave up. I knew that if I gave up, how was I ever going to know that I was going to be able to do it? But I kept treading. Um, Also, some hard times, um, I had a lot of pain, um, especially in school. Like during elementary, middle, high school was a very troubling time for me because I didn't, I was trying to find who I was and I had a very, very hard time with self-acceptance especially in junior high. Um, I wasn't popular, I wasn't an athlete, I, you know, I wasn't very artsy or maybe musically gifted, any of that. Um, and so I really was trying to find myself. And for many years I had an off and on kind of depression with dealing with who, who was I? Why was I born this way? Why not the millions and millions of people out there? You know, and I and I questioned a lot and sometimes I used to ask why me why me out of all the people why me but seventh grade is when I found Christ and that changed my life from there I began to discover my purpose Um, it wasn't easy Um, in the beginning I used to ask God a lot um, why me? Why did you choose me? Why did you choose me? And I questioned, I searched, I wanted the answers, I wanted it right there and then. But God wanted me to be patient. He was going to show me, but He wanted me to be patient. Um, my mom sometimes often jokes around with me and she says, um, Sometimes she says, I'm very impatient. And um, she said to me one day, she's like, I think when you were born, you skipped the patience line because you always want everything coming to you. You always want everything now, now, now. But, um, but God wanted me to wait. And God was going to make me patient. Um, um, I, I searched for weeks, months, years. And I kept saying, God, when are you going to show me? Are you going to show me today? Are you going to show me tomorrow? Are you going to show me right now? When are you going to show me? But God kept telling me, you need to wait. 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 I kept hearing that, wait. So I started to develop um, my relationship with God after I accepted him in seventh grade. And I began involving myself in church activities. And I found that when I was at church and I was helping out with whether it was youth ministry or um, doing anything from going out to lecture, I come from a Catholic background, so I do lecturing at my church. Anything I found, any activity that I could do, I put myself, I involved myself. Because that was where I felt more at peace with myself. That's where I felt... God more, the presence of God more. 
and people were very nice to me, very open and very welcome. And that helped me a lot, especially with just going to school and, you know, and kids not really knowing about my disability and just making school very hard and very difficult. It was very challenging at times. But my relationship with God continued to grow and I, and I, still, I still kept asking God, when are you going to show me? When are you going to show me? But I knew I had to be patient. I knew I had to be patient with God because everything is in God's timing. And that's something I had to learn because I wasn't. I wasn't waiting for God. I wanted it now, but he wasn't ready to give it to me now. When he was, he was going to show it to me. I, I love to use this story um, because I think it illustrates when I actually knew that I wasn't doing this disability alone, but that God was walking alongside me. So my um, freshman year in high school, we had a, our, gym, our gym class, and uh, we were doing a unit on volleyball. And I really didn't like volleyball that much. I wasn't really good at it. And I try to avoid the class sometimes when we had it. You know, I would try to hide in the back, and but the teacher would always like, okay, move up a little bit. And I'm like, mm, I just want to stay back here and where nobody can see me. Um, and there was a kid in the class. He, I had had some issues with him before um, in junior high, and I don't know for some reason he just, he had, I don't know what it was with me, but he just loved to pick on me, like make fun of me, make me feel bad about myself. And I didn't know, I didn't know why, I didn't understand. And so I ended up being on his team, which I really wasn't happy about. I didn't like the game, and now I have to be on this team with somebody who, you know, is constantly, you know, picking on me or giving me a hard time. So we started that day, the unit, and I stood there, and I didn't really do much. I just tried to avoid playing the game, and I just kind of hid in the background. But, um... When we rotated and I would see the ball coming, I would be like, oh, okay, I'm going to get it. Oh, 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 sorry. And I just stood there and I did that for so long. I really wasn't enthusiastic about the game. And I could sense that he was getting upset with me because he was just like, he was just, he was into this game. He thought we were playing like in the NBA or something like that. We were doing some kind of, you know, Olympic sport. And he was just like, he was just excited. But I just, I didn't really want to do anything. So we lost that day. My team lost. And he, he was really angry. Um, he just stood there and he was just very upset. And he, he, I don't know how to describe it. He was just so angry. And I tried to be very kind and nice. And I just went up to him and I said, you know what? I said, it's okay. I said, it's just a game. I said, you know, we're, you know, we're not doing this professionally. It's just a game. And he turned to me and he said, he was very angry, and he said, well, we wouldn't have lost if it wasn't for your crooked arm. And in that moment, I just stood there. It was like the whole earth froze. I didn't know what to say. Was I to cry? Was I to, you know, get angry at him? I didn't know what to do. I just stood there, just staring. I didn't know. And that whole day in school, I was so distracted. All I kept hearing was crooked arm. It played like a movie in my mind, or like a broken record, where you just hear that one word over and over and over again. So I went home, 
and um, I call my mom, and uh, my mom, I can always call her for anything, and um, she said to me, she said, just go tomorrow and talk to the teacher. Ask her if you can be on another team. And I told her, I said, I don't want to go. I said, I don't even want to go to class. I just, I don't. I don't know if I can handle seeing him and just being in that environment because it just triggered that memory. And she said, she said to me, she said, try, just, just try. So I went. And I went to class and I tried to avoid the teacher. I wasn't going to do it, but I don't know, something inside me said, just go talk to the teacher. So I went and I explained to her what had happened and she called the student in to her office and I was in there and he came and he wasn't really happy that I told the teacher what he had done. And he just stood there and looked at me, didn't say anything. And when the teacher talked to him about respecting classmates and getting along and working as a team, and she told him to apologize, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, and he walked off. So I went on another team, and fortunately the other team was really nice, and they were very welcoming me, and they were very happy to have me on their team. And that made me feel a little bit comfortable, but I still wasn't into the game. I still didn't want to play. If I didn't like it before, I now despise the game now, after what happened. Now I really didn't want to play at all. I just wanted to sit and watch everybody else. But as I, I got up there, because I knew I had to play, so I just got up there, and as we rotated, it came to my turn to serve. Um, and some of the teammates were like, well, you know, do you want to serve, or, you know, maybe one of us can serve for you. But something kept telling me, take the serve. Take the shot. Go for it. So I said to my teammates, I said, no, thank you. I appreciate it, but I think I'm going to take, take this. And so the teacher always let me stand a little bit closer to the line because it was hard for me just using one arm to throw the ball and then hit it. So she always let me have a little bit of advantage. And as I got up there, I was nervous and kind of shaking. And I had the ball in my hand. And I noticed the kid standing on the other side of the court. And he was just talking to his friend and just, he's not really paying attention. And then when he saw me, for me looking at him from a distance, it looked like he was saying to the kid, does she think she has a chance? <laughs> does she honestly think she's going to do something with that ball? But he didn't know what was coming. <laughs> and so I, I got up there. That kind of gave me a little bit of a confidence. So I, I got closer. And I said, all right, this is it. It's now or never. I'm going to do this. So I threw up the ball. And I hit that ball with all the strength I had. All the strength. And that ball flew. I never thought that ball, it flew. And he was there and his teammates are, are, are telling him, you need to look up. Come on, pay attention. You know, it's coming, it's coming. And, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't think like, you know, he doesn't think anything of it. And he's just, you know, talking, he's doing his own little thing. And when he looks up, too late now, the ball hit him right in the middle of his face. And for a minute, he was just like, whoa. And he was, he, was, he, was, he was confused. He was just like, he didn't know where he was. And 
and he was trying to regain his consciousness and he was looking and <laughs> and I and I stood back and I said I said oh no I said I made him mad and now I've hurt him I said he's going to get me I said I should leave now I should just just walk out the gym and nobody will know but uh, I was trying not to make it a big deal but my teammates were going go Allie go Allie and I said oh no. and I'm there like embarrassed and I'm trying not to make a whole big ordeal about it and he like he just looked around almost like he didn't know who like threw the ball like he didn't think I don't know if he he was paying attention I think he might have saw me but when he looked up and he was looking in my direction I went hello like it was me and he went his jaw dropped he couldn't believe that I could do that because he didn't give me the chance. He looked at my inabilities without giving me the opportunities to show him what my abilities are. The reason why I love this story and I use it over and over again because it's so powerful but so poignant because what happens after the game is the best part. As we're leaving and we're going to a locker room, I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and it was a kid. He came up to me and he said, I'm sorry. He's like, I honestly didn't know what I said to you would really affect you. I didn't realize how hurtful my words were. And I said, I said, yeah, I said, you really hurt me. I said, you really crushed my self-esteem. I said, I said, but I forgive you. And he said to me, he said, hey, he said, good game. He said, next year, if we ever have a gym together, I want you to be on my team. And as he walked away, in that moment, I just looked up and I said, thank you, God. Because I knew it was God. Because I didn't have that strength to hit that ball. God gave me the strength that day. I started to realize that I had a gift. Um, later on, maybe my, maybe my senior year, freshman year, coming to ENC, I didn't discover my spiritual gift till I got here to ENC. Is when I realized that God has given me an amazing story, a spiritual gift that is different. Maybe not the gift to paint or the gift to sing, but a gift to inspire people to my words. I started to develop my spiritual gift. I started to share with the girls on my floor. I think one night I shared with two girls. And from there it just spread. It just continued to grow. Then I shared with my Bible study on my um, freshman floor and I shared with the girls parts of my story and then sophomore year God wanted to use me more so I decided to do a talk for the young women on the campus I decided to open up for just women on the campus and I did that and it was incredible and uh, maybe 18, 20 girls some girls um, that I was their RA came and supported
supported me. And that's when I started to open up on those canvas to share and spread the word about disability, but how faith has helped me. I then did it a second time that same year, and um, a few girls came, but it was a great time, and I, and I just loved to share. And I did it fall semester year, and I opened up for the whole campus because I wanted men and women. It's important for the men and the women on this campus to know. And um, I was so fortunate when Corey asked me to speak in chapel because that was my goal freshman year, sitting, as you all are sitting today, to speak in chapel, to share my testimony, to inspire other people. I, I realized that my gift is beautiful. I didn't realize that I even had anything worthy to say, anything that would inspire anybody and I thought you know what is my is my story you know going to influence people will it inspire people I didn't I doubted myself but God believed in me before I believed in myself and um, I still I used to always think that I was just another statistic another face in the crowd of people with disabilities but I don't think that anymore. I realize that God has given me the voice to be the person in the crowd of people with disability, not just another number and not just another face, but somebody to inspire, to give voice to the voiceless, to be strength for the weak. And that's what I embrace about my disability. I also feel that God has given me the gift to inspire others to look beyond the physical exterior, but to search inside for greater meaning and understanding. Because I think we all have a beautiful gift, each one unique, and that we should use it. And um, today, one of the reasons why I chose to wear something quarter length or so is to show that God has set me free. I am no longer afraid or ashamed of who I am. Instead, I have learned to embrace what God has given me. That I don't have to be, I don't have to hide myself from the world, but I can share with the world because I have the world in the palm of my hands because God has given me that ability to do that. And um, I really want people to know that that people with disabilities have great, great abilities, but we need to give them the opportunities to show us that. That we need to open our hearts and open our minds to that. To see things that are different, people who are different. That's what makes our world wonderful, is that we have so many cultures and so many people different. So that we can share that and be together and learn from each other. I believe that we learn from each other's experiences. 
as I have shared today with you my testimony, that you will go to someone and share with them your testimony or my testimony. And that's how we learn from one another. That is how we learn from each other's experiences. We grow from it. If anything today you get out of my talk, this, that nothing is impossible, but possible with the grace of God. And I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my testimony. And God bless. to invite a special guest, special guest um, my mom, Maria Cabral. She would like to say a few words. Good morning. Ooh. Um, thank you uh, for giving me a few minutes of your time. Um, I didn't think I would be this emotional, having personally heard Ali's testimony many times, but it's, it was just as bit emotional today as, as it's been every time I've heard it. Um, just want to take a few minutes to tell you about um, the day I moved Ali into ENC. Um, some kids, you know, look forward to going to college, getting away from your parents, you know, having your freedom, calling your parents when you want to call them. Um, but those were um, some of the fears that Ali had. She feared being alone. Um, not having the family support. So the first couple of weeks that she moved in, I was here every night. Thank God I'm only 15 minutes away. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we had a discussion back and forth whether she was going to stay in dorm or become a commuter um, so she can continue to have her support system but being the amazing young woman that she is she decided to stay and stick it out and it wasn't just a matter of time before she made friends and she got into her work and was busy and the one hour phone calls dwindled down to 30 minutes 15 minutes until they became five minutes. <laughs> um, and it's just amazing to see her today stand up here and address all of you and share her story um, and how different of a young woman she is today from three years ago when she moved in. 
Um, she was very shy, reserved, and afraid to approach anyone and build new relationships and really relied on past relationships that were comfortable to her. But through the warmth, love, and support of the entire ENC community, she was able to do that today and come up here and demonstrate her self-confidence, her newfound spirituality, and her strong relationship with God. And for that, I want to thank all of you, her peers, the faculty, and her entire support system. Thank you. You can go in peace every day.